Good evening, everyone. My name is Sean Lenahan here, and I'm here with the fifth episode of our podcast series, Perspectives with Cohort 4. I am joined by my good friend, Dr. Edward Cobbs, who just uh, defended his dissertation. I'm so excited that he has been kind enough to uh, join us today. And uh, Dr. Cobbs, I'm just going to just start this off here with, uh, with question number one. Uh, can you, uh, can you tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your occupation? Well, good evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Edward W. Cobbs, Jr. I'm a 27-year veteran of the Delaware River Port Authority Police Department, currently serving as the Acting Chief of Police. The DRPA is a bi-state law enforcement agency serving the citizens of Southern New Jersey and Southeastern Pennsylvania. And during my career, I've achieved various promotions of rank, including my current position. Serving as one of the many leaders in the police department, I play an integral role in the organization's daily operations. Oh, no, that man, that's that's very acting chief. That's that is 27 years. That's that is, uh, man, thank you for your service. Um, yeah, thanks. So, I, so, I mean, so you're, you're 20, you're, you know, over 20 years in, you know, you're, you're getting promoted, you're doing these different things. And, uh, you know, what was it that, uh, that drove you to pursue a doctorate and, uh, you know, and why Stockton University? Well, the reason why I wanted to pursue a doctorate is currently I serve as an adjunct professor at Wilmington University and Roman College of Burlington County. And I felt that um, a doctorate degree would best serve me in my post-retirement career, because ultimately I would like to become a tenured professor at a college or university. Mm-hmm. Um, after uh, conducting some research with several um, doctoral programs, the uniqueness of Stockton's program really intrigued me. And additionally, for me, uh, being from South Jersey, the campus was located um, less than an hour from my residence. So that was very uh, favorable. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so, you know, what did, uh, you know, what, what did your family and friends think when you announced that you were you know, pursuing a doctorate? They said, you know, like, what, what is this going to do for you in the, you know, uh, Del River, uh, the, the, uh, uh, with the DERPA and uh, like, I mean, what, what, what did they think when you announced that you were going to pursue a doctorate? Well, fortunately for me, I was lucky. I mean, my decision was supported by my family and friends. Um, as far as my job is concerned uh, right now, uh, the doctorate degree doesn't really help me as far as the position I'm in now. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's actually a bonus for me, but it was something that I always wanted to do. And I felt that, uh, again, when I looked at my post-career or my post-retirement career, I thought that the doctorate would have been very beneficial for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm lucky. I'm forever grateful because my family and friends were, uh, gave me guidance and support and they, they really um, supported my decision. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Now I, I remember telling people that I was going to get an EDD and uh, you know, one of the first questions they, they came at me with was like, uh, what, do you want to be a superintendent? Like, why would you want to, you know, are you going to be, you know, the, the whole EDD versus the, the PhD thing kind of, uh, you know, stumped a lot of people, but uh, yes, yeah. definitely. So, so, so here we go. So we're going through here and uh, you apply and, and you get selected. 
and you become a member of the the Fantastic Four cohort, and uh, you know, uh, you go to the first few classes. Um, you know, how, how, what was your initial reaction to that? Were you nervous? I mean, what did you think about these this cohort of uh, you know virtual strangers? Uh, I wasn't nervous. I was I was okay. Um, I mean, it was just great to um, eventually get to meet a, a diverse group of individuals um, from diverse backgrounds. Mm -hmm. um, but once I realized that it was a safe space to express my thoughts and opinions, you know, as a police officer, we're pretty uh, reserved and, and, and are very careful in showing our vulnerabilities, so to speak. Right. But, um, you know, when I, when I realized that I was in a safe space, I was a lot more comfortable, a lot more comfortable to give, uh, to be open to give my opinions and thoughts. And I think um, as far as my fellow cohort members and the instructors themselves, right. did an excellent job of making sure the environment was comfortable for us to, uh, to learn and express right. um, what we wanted to do. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, you know, I've, I've talked to a couple of people and I, I find that, uh, you know, one of the most exciting things of the program is that, you know, you know, I, I am a uh, federal employee. You know, I, I work for, you know, the State Department, but, you know, and in, in Washington, D.C., like a diverse uh, set of opinions would be what the Department of Justice thinks and what the Department of Homeland Security thinks and what, the, you know, but like here you're in this this cohort. We've got police officers. We've got active duty military members. We've got people that work in health care, you know, nonprofits, higher uh, higher ed, you know, is just a. Uh, you know, I found that to be like really exciting uh, as I was there. Absolutely. Uh, so, uh, random question: Did you enjoy the free breakfast on Saturday morning? <laughs> Great question. Uh, absolutely. Anytime you can give me some food, I'm all in. I'm all in. You know, it's funny though, but I thought, you know, I thought the the free breakfast, you know, it kind of created that. Uh, that loose, carefree environment that allowed us to bond. Yeah. Lapsed to bond before class. Um, you know, here we are. We're, we're going to class Friday night, and then we got to be back up early Saturday morning. Yeah. So it was. It was breakfast was great, man. It was. It was a. It was a great idea. We came up with the idea to pro provide us with a morning meal. Mm -hmm. I thought it was genius. It was yeah. awesome. So, you know, people that read this newsletter, you know, they may be considering Stockton or they may be in uh, the, the Stockton lead program. And and uh, like you and I have been in this this program for uh, almost three and a half years, well over three years. And, um, you know, aside from the dissertation, when you think about like the first phase of the lead program, those classes, like those first 10 classes, which they referred to as like phase one, um, like that first phase uh, with the Stockton program, you know, what would you say helped you um, personally, personally and or professionally about your time at Stockton? Well, I think personally, I think the LEAD program really contributed to my growth and development as a leader. Uh -huh. And I think a huge part of that was the cohort environment. I mean, it, it provided me with an opportunity to enhance my knowledge, skills, and abilities by learning from members like you and all my other fellow cohort members, because like I said earlier, we all work in these diverse areas of employment and we have diverse backgrounds. For mm -hmm. me, that, that was 
a lesson learned that I don't think anyone could really experience unless they were in a cohort environment. Right. Um, professionally, you know, as we progress through the course, I was able to use those skills that I, or those lessons that I learned um, from the program in the workplace. And um, I believe it truly made me a better leader. Mm-hmm. No, I, I hear you. No, that and, uh, you know, speaking of the cohort and you said, you know, just this uh, such a diverse cohort. Do you have a uh, uh, a favorite memory uh, of the program uh, with the cohort? Does any one particular time stand out uh, that you'll always remember? Well, I can be honest with you. I mean, you know, we call ourselves the Fantastic Four because we got along so well. Um, but. And, and, and well, let me just say this, and I'm very fortunate, very fortunate. We are very fortunate that we had a lot of unforgettable, uh, a lot of unforgettable memories. But I'll tell you, and I mentioned this in my, uh, at the end of my defense, when I talked about acknowledgements, you know, one of my favorite memories, or probably my favorite memory, was when Dr. Gray came in and he stood in front of our class and he showed us our doctoral, he showed us his, I'm sorry, his doctoral cap, cap and gown. Yeah, yes. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, so, not only did he, so not only did he show it to us, he offered for us to wear it yeah. if we wanted to. Yeah. And and so that moment to me was unforgettable. And, and, I, and I honestly think from that day forward, not only did we speak about graduating and we spoke into existence, but we could visualize it. Yeah. And that, and I believe I started the same fall 2021 after that, or a short time after. Yeah. So yeah, that was the, that was definitely the, the, the moment that I can remember. Yeah. And I, and I remember you, you posted something on the, it was like the group me, but it was like a, it was like a t-shirt or something that said like finished and it was finished, finish EDD. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Was, yes. I was thinking about when I saw that, that John Gray's memory came into. Uh, yeah. Into and actually, Sean, I, I, uh, once I finished my uh, defense, I actually switched, uh, took off my tie and my dress shirt and actually put that sweatshirt on. Yeah, because that was one of the motivating factors that I used in my uh, office area to keep me motivated to, to get to getting this done. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Well, you know, speaking of your, uh, you know, your defense and your dissertation, um, if, if you wouldn't mind, um, could you tell me a little bit about your topic uh, and, and, uh, and what kind of uh, study it was? So my topic involved a case study examining the applications and practices of transformational leadership theory in the workplace environment of the Delaware River Port Authority Police Department. Mm-hmm. And what I did is I, my volunteer participants, which were 41 uh, participants who identified themselves as holding supervisory rank within the police department. And what I did is I used, I did a quantitative study design, which uh, uh, evaluated through a survey intru- uh, instrument called the multi-factor leadership questionnaire mm-hmm. for these supervisors or those identified as supervisors to evaluate their perception of their leadership skills. Right. 
Okay. All right, and then uh, so was was so was it a mixed methods or was it just a like a you you it was, quanti it was a quantitative research design. Okay, it was just strictly quantitative where where they were with this yes. uh, with this initially, instrument. Okay. When I initially started the process, I was actually looking at mixed methods, mm -hmm. but I ended up um, switching to a quantitative research design. Mm -hmm. Now I wanted to ask there uh, is that uh, you know a lot of people. Um, that I've kind of run into, they uh, they kind of started the program, you know, back in 2018 and uh, pre-COVID, and they you know they said uh, they knew exactly what their topic was going to be, they knew exactly what they were going to do. Um, were, were were you under that uh, impression, or or were you uh, you kind of had an idea of what the topic might be, or I mean, were you open uh, to different ideas, or I mean, I guess I was just wondering, like. Uh, did you have a feeling about this being your topic when you started the program uh, and what ended up happening? Honestly, I didn't know. I didn't know what my topic would involve. Mm -hmm. I really did. Um, once we started to progress through the uh, program, then it came to the point where I knew my topic would involve some aspect of law enforcement. Right. But I still didn't know what I was going to do. Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Mm -hmm. So, so, but then, so you, you, you kind of like, you know, I'll tell you that one of the hardest parts of it for me, like my topic, I always wanted to kind of be on the veteran, veteran uh, employment, because that's a lot of what my uh, work in the federal government has been centered around for the past few years. Um, but, you know, as you know, the whole learning about the phenomenological studies and mixed methods and quality surveys and like, I, I was kind of a, you know, I didn't, I didn't know what, I knew what I wanted to study, but I didn't know how to go about studying it. And that was really difficult for me. Once I found out what I was going to do, then it was easy because I would just do it. Um, but uh, I guess trying to figure that out was uh, kind of like difficult for me. Uh, that, that being said, do, do you have a particular part of the, of the dissertation process that you believe was maybe the most difficult for you? As you know, I mean, throughout this process, I mean, you face many challenges. And I can tell you, um, for me, the independence. So this summer, this summer was tough. Mm -hmm. It was tough. I mean, and uh, luckily, I, you know, th to have that discipline to remain focused and motivated during the summer was tough. Especially, you you know, you're working on chapters four and five, and you're you're close to the, the finish line. But this summer was tough, and and look, the circumstances surrounding the pandemic didn't help as well. No, yeah, because yeah. you, you, you know, but that that was that, you know, again, you face many challenges, but maintaining that discipline for uh, for the summer and completing or finalizing chapters four and five was probably the most difficult challenge that I had. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I was and uh, I was speaking to Joe Sipple. He kind of said the uh, the same thing. And when I was talking to uh, 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 Mark Rizzo, he he had mentioned how uh, he found it very difficult and at times frustrating that you know his chapter one had been reviewed and edited by like three or four different uh, uh, professors, and 
but it's uh, it seems like they've they've kind of updated some things there to uh, uh, so so that might not happen uh, as much anymore. Uh, but anyway, I'm you know we're coming up to the very end here, um, and so I just kind of have like one final question, and um, and that would be, what advice uh, would you give? to current stu students in, in the Fantastic Four cohort that are just on the edge of completing everything? Uh, and what advice would you give to um, current students that are in cohorts five, six, or seven? Well, I mean, so let's talk about George Sharp, right, for a mm -hmm. second. So George Sharp, he told each and every one of us, that this leadership journey was never ending. It would be, or would continue beyond this program, right? So if you think about that, I mean, that's, that's, that's a strong, strong, that's strong, mm -hmm. strong statement. But, you know, throughout this journey and, you know, this program, you know, again, we call ourselves the Fantastic Four because we got along and we, we experienced these challenges together and we relied on each other to make sure that we were successful, you know, and during that, we developed a lot of friendships and relationships, right? So you're going to always, these relationships, they're going to be valuable or invaluable. You know, you're going to develop these relationships with your fellow cohort members. Yeah. I would say just rely on them. When you have tough times, rely on them because their advice and their emotional support will help you in times of need. Mm -hmm. I mean, I know that, it, you know, that I could call you, I could call uh, 20 other plus members individually of this cohort. And I know that I could uh, get support and guidance from you since that I asked, not only as it related to this program or my study, but in life in general. And that's, again, the uniqueness of the diversity of the individuals that are in the program and that diversity that you will experience in a cohort environment. Yeah, no, I, I, and that, that is so true. And um, I mean, and, and I know that I can count on you if I'm ever uh, speeding over the Commodore Barry Bridge. <laughs> I can just... <laughs> ah, yeah, right. <laughs> no, but, Absolutely. Uh, but the... Uh, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, so the... the, the um, That's awesome. <laughs> you know, I know that, you know, people are... Uh, uh, yeah, I guess like one more thing is that uh, people that are considering pursuing the program, just to echo what you said, it's just, um, I think the, the real unique thing about this program is that like, you know, you know, like, you know, I know you, I, and if we have like uh, built these very deep relationships with, with other people that are going to have a doctorate that are in all of these different like worlds, you know, like, like I said, with yeah. higher ed and, and, uh, you know, uh, in all these different like occupational fields. And it's just, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, you know, I might not, I might know somebody, uh, that works in Atlanta care, but it's like, no, Debbie works there. And she, like, we know her very, very well. And, uh, exactly. if anything were to come, it's, it's just, uh, you know, kind of like, uh, uh, you can't really get that, uh, I think anywhere else. So, but. Absolutely, I would agree. I mean, just to be able to learn from others, I think was another great attribute of the program itself, mm -hmm. because we definitely learn from each other. 
And that was in conjunction with um, the, the learning outcomes to where you had to work as groups. Right. Uh, what were the, uh, the in-class activities? Yeah. Yeah. All right, well, Dr. Edward W. Cobbs, Jr., thank you so much for uh, joining me today. Uh, that uh, concludes Episode 5 of our uh, uh, webinar series, Perspectives with Cohort 4. Uh, again, I'd like to thank you, Dr. Cobbs. I really appreciate it and uh, look forward to uh, uh, talking to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you.